Warum ist Relationships? Warum ist you and me and everyone in America? What are you talking about? Uh, the room is different cookie cutter mm. from Hollywood. Yeah, man, you never know. People are very strange these days. What's going on? Welcome to The Room Minute. The podcast where we get obsessed with the cinematic classic, The Room. One minute at a time. You have no idea what kind of trouble you're in here, do you? Why are you so hysterical? We always wanted people actually talk about it. I did not hit her. It's not true. It's bullshit. I did not hit her. I did not. Oh, hi, Mark. Oh, hi, Allison. Oh, hi, Rob. Oh, hi, listeners. We're here to talk about Minute 91 of The Room, in which Lisa leaves, and Johnny wants to be clear that it was his decision. We left off. Johnny was playing the recording of Lisa's and Mark's phone conversation, even though Lisa, you know, was there for the original. And, uh, well, we start off with some of the lines from that conversation again. Why don't you ditch this career? I don't like, like him anymore. anymore. I know, he's not, not worth, worth it. it. Why don't I come and be with you? Sure, baby. Come on up. I want your body. You got it. We already heard this, like, literally, I think it was, what, two minutes ago? It was last week on yeah. the show. We're familiar. Well, I'm not, because I wasn't here last week. And I'm Brian with the Marine Corps Movie Minute. Oh, hi, Brian. Hi, Brian. Oh, hi, guys. You have seen the film, though, right? <laughs> I've never seen it all the way through in one sitting. Oh, okay. I know, I mean, I know the, the minutes, and I know, like, the conversation, and I've seen so many, it's in pop culture so much, yeah. that I know exactly what you, you're talking about, <laughs> and that it literally goes from one minute to the next minute same conversation <laughs> yeah and and basically the tape recorder i talked about this a couple of weeks ago but i've cut the tape recorder entirely out of my version of the movie because it does nothing it only proves that johnny already knows from the party last night and lisa already knows because she was in the conversation so it serves no purpose it does give him i mean the next part is he gets up throws the tape recorder which is great yeah, yeah. but then he just sits right back down on the bed and it's like well that rage went nowhere it's so that was easy to cut to. Uh, I, you know, when he when he threw the tape recorder, I thought instead of being named Johnny, he could have been named Kyle. Uh, well, I'm not getting that. I should get that. Oh, <laughs> Kyle the male. Because uh, Kyle's like, yeah, exactly. He's like the internet. Yeah. Oh, okay. I was thinking it was a movie reference, and I couldn't think <laughs> of what it was. <laughs> hey, look. Uh, this is how it happened. Only Kyle I could think of was Kyle Reese. I'm like, he never threw a tape recorder. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is how my uh, jokes go on my podcast as well. <laughs> Deafening silence. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard so many proposed names for the male Karen. That, <laughs> <laughs> it should be Johnny. Johnny should be the male Karen. <laughs> Johnny's an every man name. It's perfect, you know, for it is. for a character who's every man. Yeah. Although every time I hear Johnny, I always think of first blood. Talk to me, Johnny. Talk to me, Johnny. Yeah. Johnny wants to speak to the manager <laughs> of the tape recorder that he threw. He needs to speak to his bank manager so he can get that promotion. <laughs> Perfect. Go Good save. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Johnny screams, throws the tape recorder, it smashes on the wall. It's a nice shot, actually. <laughs> then he just sits back down on the bed to say, Everybody, Everybody betray, betray me. me. I don't, I don't have, have a friend, friend in the world. world. And uh, I guess he's right because then Lisa tells him. I'm leaving you, Johnny. Yeah, well, his best friend just cheated on him with his mm-hmm. girlfriend. Yeah, with his future wife. And who knows what happened to Peter? You know, he just left him. It's, it's all falling yeah. apart. Yeah, I mean, if it is a pretty big betrayal when you think about it. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. But it's not everybody. I'll, I'll get to that one. Well, I could get to it now, I guess. We could jump forward to notes. Next, next screening. 
when Mark says, I don't like him anymore, they're like, they were best friends. And then here, when Johnny says, I don't have a friend of the world, you get random people in the audience like, you have Peter? You have Denny? <laughs> I think someone even said that you have Steven, which was hilarious, because no one wants Steven. <laughs> uh, yeah, but you, you know how dramatic people can be when they're hurt. They're like, it's like when... Like your, your kid gets in trouble and it's like, you guys just hate me. You know, it's, it's the same yeah. kind of logic. Yeah. And but his, his rage bothers me because it's so low energy rage. <laughs> I know at the party he was low energy because literally Tommy was so was low energy. They were filming late at night and he was done, but he wanted to keep filming. Here, I don't know why. This wasn't, as far as I know, filmed late. Johnny's just got problems. Sits on the bed. Lisa says, I'm, I'm leaving you, Johnny. Johnny. She leaves, goes to the stairs. He waits. And then gets up and walks over to the railing. And says, get, get out. out. Get, get out. out. Get out, get out of, of my, my life. life. As if, you know, it's his choice. She's already gone. <laughs> she already packed a bag. It's it's the same thing as saying... I'm not fired, I quit. Yeah, that's exactly... <laughs> that's exactly it. <laughs> And, and then he sits on the bed again. I'm just like, get, do you, I, I want him to break something. So then the next minute's good, but Honestly, here it's I, just like, ugh. it's you got it's it's a slow simmering rage that's building, and and we're just we're just not seeing yeah what's you know internally going he's on. He's not conveying it very well, yeah. <laughs> but he's he's definitely it, it's building. And since I already said some of the midnight screening stuff, the audience of course says along with him, "Get out, get out, get out of my life." <laughs> And back on the bed, he, I don't know if you call it a scream, a yell, a grunt, whatever noise it is he makes. Ah! And then, uh, It's an Arnold Schwarzenegger. Re- ah! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, in the, in my spelling, it's A-G-H. <laughs> something. I, I, if I can make a comment about the tape recorder that he yeah. threw that doesn't exist in your edit, it's very similar to the tape recorder like my dad used to use when we were kids to like record us talking and he'd play back. It's like this is the <laughs> epitome of technology at the time. <laughs> well, yeah, because he had a nicer one that he hooked to the phone downstairs, but this one upstairs is just really old. Yeah. <laughs> I actually shouldn't have smashed it. It's probably worth some money nowadays. It's yeah. like a relic. It should be in the museum. <laughs> <laughs> it belongs in a museum. That belongs in a museum. Yeah. Yeah. Let's put the, uh, now we put the pieces of it in a museum because it was in the room. Right. <laughs> yeah, you could put it right next to the rotary phone and, you know, the shag carpet and be like the 70s. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and the end of the minute, we barely get to see Johnny's feet coming down the stairs. They get cut off before next minute. More destruction. So, what else do we have to say about this one? I, hmm. As far as his reaction, he's, it's, I mean, I can't help but just think he's very childlike throughout this whole movie. You know, every little yes. bit that he's in. And his reaction definitely is very, I wouldn't even say like a young man, like a, like, like almost like a middle school type <laughs> reaction or, or high school, <laughs> I guess. Just, you know, oh, everybody's out to get me. No, you get out. You know, I'm going to throw something <laughs> in rage. I'm just going to grunt and ah! not, you know, I just, I'm so, <laughs> I'm going to lay on the bed and sigh, you know. <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> the only thing they didn't do is have him go, like, take a hot shower with his clothes on and cry, you know, or something like that. I 
Lori. What it is, is family therapy. We, I mean, we all go, we, we all talk, we, no one is singled out. And maybe it's not your fault anyway. Yeah. Or lay down on yeah. the ground and scream. Or a cold shower, which you might need next time. <laughs> you know how, like, little kids will lay down on the ground and, like, wail their, their hands and their feet? That's what he should have done when he sits down in a couple minutes on the pile of clothes <laughs> and bedding. Instead of grabbing a dress and a gun, he should have just, you know, shook until he could not shake anymore. It's, it's almost like it's not far off from that anyways, though. <laughs> <laughs> like, Lisa's trying to pick him up, but he won't lock his knee, so he just keeps yeah. falling over. <laughs> He's like, come on, stand up! Yeah. It, yeah, it, what begins as a childish sort of tantrum changes pretty quickly into an adult version, but it doesn't, I don't know if it changes smoothly. Is there much smoothly about <laughs> in this movie? <laughs> yeah. Uh no. I, I I do I just think the the dialogue of like yeah I don't like him anymore. It's very awkward and yes yeah you know, like like nobody really talks like that. <laughs> yeah, I just don't like him anymore. Was there ever ever an explanation why the heel turn on on Tommy or on Johnny? I should say. Or is it just because? It's kind of just because, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we we know why Lisa's Lisa, but Mark and Johnny's reactions to things are more just whatever fits the scene. <laughs> Nothing a game of football can't. Like I don't I don't know why Mark doesn't like Johnny here. Like it, Johnny not liking Mark, I would get. But Mark went into this knowing what was going on and did it anyway. He blamed Lisa, but he did still did it. Right. Right. Well, it's almost like the script said so. Yeah. Well, and since then, since he was having, like, having sex with Lisa, he's gone jogging with Johnny, gone out to lunch with Johnny. He's talked to Johnny about helping him get a loan. <laughs> They're still friends until a birthday party where Mark and Lisa suddenly were dancing close together. And it, I don't, we, I don't know. Is there smoothness now? <laughs> <laughs> Which made it very easy to re-edit some of it, the thing, actually. Because <laughs> the... The scene transitions, I'm like, well, I just move that scene transition. Now, have you guys talked about the disaster artist at all? Yes. I come to the book often and talk about the movie a little bit, but not much. How how accurate is the the movie to the book? Because I've not read the book. I've seen the movie. The movie simplifies a lot, but I think it does a pretty good job of conveying the relationship between Mark and Johnny Okay, that is central to it. And how how close to real life do you think that movie was, or do you think it was uh, some liberties taken? I think once they're shooting the film, it's pretty close. I mean, it, it kind of uh, amalgamates some characters a little bit because they had, you know, three directors of photography. They didn't just have the one guy stick around. And they make Sandy Chaclair a little too likable. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's the guy who uh, did most of the directing. You know, in okay. Notes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've read his book also, and he's kind of a dick, but he knows it. His narration of his own book, I'm like, you're annoying, dude. You need to stop it. But what's great about The Disaster Artist as a book, though, is it adds a lot more because essentially Greg Sestero adds a sort of fictional version of Johnny's life or Tommy's life. And so it keeps coming back to the story of Pierre and how he ended up in New Orleans and then San Francisco and became oh, okay. Tommy Rousseau. And it's presented as kind of fictional, but I think he presents it that way because he thought Tommy might get mad. <laughs> If he said, this is absolute fact. Yeah. And it all plays kind of realistic. Like, he, that he's this guy from Poland who moved to New Orleans. He, like, learned 
French before he learned English, so it was like English is his at least third language, and so he's never been that great with it. But he went to San Francisco and did well selling stuff to tourists and changed his name, eventually returned to acting after he was nearly killed in a car accident, and had a big breakup with a woman. Those might have occurred around the same time, I'm not sure. Which led to this. And but those things, like the breakup with the woman and the car accident, I think are briefly mentioned in the movie version of Disaster Artist, but they're like kind of barely touched. Yeah, they mentioned the they definitely mentioned the accident. I'm trying to remember if I if they mentioned the breakup, but this whole movie plays like he's he's airing some uh baggage out <laughs> uh, yeah and then yeah theory for sure. behind the scenes there's so much more uh, as well with him and mark you get some of it in the movie where by the end of production greg sestero wanted nothing to do with this movie anymore but in the end he still remained friends with johnny because like they've been they've known each other for a few years at this point they work they did this thing together and then they've i think they've become better friends even since yeah i think i think he and uh the actress who played lisa i i think it was her both showed up on how did this get made podcast i think they yeah i think they talked to them and they had some insight on that i mean it's been years since i listened to that but um i think that was one of my first introductions to the movie the room besides a a, you know a co-worker uh showing me the oh hi mark and then the football scene like (laughs) (laughs) like oh this is brilliant (laughs) yeah i had seen something about tommy wiseau um kind of get you like people always at least especially years ago would always ask him where he's from he'd always say america or you if he got bored with the questions like oh, i'm bored of this question move on and and he would just yeah. not answer it and to me especially even watching the disaster artist when they would play on that when people would say he's like oh, i'm from louisiana yeah. <laughs> it, it, made, it reminded me of ghostbusters 2 when uh yanish people would say where are you from <laughs> he's like the upper west side <laughs> johnny where in the hell are you from, anyway? The Upper West Side. I understand why he, Tommy, was presenting himself the way he did. Because he he wanted to be... And in this movie, he's basically channeling, or trying to channel, James Dean and Marlon Brando. Yeah. You know? And that's like quintessential American acting. And so, of course, he's not going to say, oh, I'm from Poland. At best, he <laughs> right. says he's from New Orleans, which, <laughs> technically, he did move from New Orleans to San Francisco. So he was from there at one point. Right. <laughs> but he also lived in L.A. He also, you know, uh, the guy who made Roomful of Spoons found his family in Poland. So we, we know more about him now. But at a certain point, I think people also stop caring mostly because he's now a persona that he just has to be because of this movie. Right. Yeah, because early on, yeah, you're like, who made this? And, you know, you just want, <laughs> you just need to know. <laughs> yeah. And then with bad movies like this, there's always I, I remember with uh Oh, what's the director's name? The guy that made like Samurai Cop and Hollywood Cop. Oh. You know, Amir Shervan. People would talk about like he was money laundering stuff. And I'm like, it probably wasn't. It's just a guy who wanted to get into movies and had money. You know, so they, they make something they want to make and it doesn't go well because they have no training and they have no experience. And that's fine. We hope they get better at it. Yeah, you got to start somewhere. But also sometimes the disaster can, can be a gem. Yeah. And yeah. there's been plenty of podcasts and, and YouTube videos about these type of movies <laughs> at, or late night screenings. And the room, of course, has taken on a life it's, of its own. It's, it's on a yeah. completely different level. Would you say it's the Rocky Horror picture of our generation? <laughs> I I think it would have to be. Yeah, it's it's a different meaning to its audience, I think. But the effect is the same because 
that was like young people in the seventies jumped onto that and then through the eighties. And now it's, you go to one of the like sold out screenings of this and it's a bunch of drunk college students, right? Having a good time being insulting and rude and doing whatever they want because it doesn't matter. <laughs> right. <laughs> be who they want to be for the, for a couple hours and people come in costumes and do all that stuff. And it's great. Yeah. There's definitely some similarities. They're occasionally rude and horrible and misogynistic, but we've covered that hmm. <laughs> a lot. Can't say that I'm surprised, especially when you just factor in what you said, drunk, <laughs> yeah. young, college, you know. <laughs> and this movie is very anti-Lisa, so it's very easy for yeah. the audience to be anti-Lisa. <laughs> yeah, does she have any redeeming qualities in this movie? None that I've seen that I could think of. Slowing it down one minute at a time, we have found them. And I think there is an argument to be made as to, like, I don't know how old the character is. She is roughly college age or just past. The actress is 21, but has supposedly been in this relationship for seven years. And so this is the only relationship she's had. She's gotten bored. Her job's not doing well. In my edit, then her mother tells her she has cancer. And then Johnny gets drunk and maybe hits her. Then she cheats. You know, I reordered it a little because it makes her a little more sympathetic. Otherwise, it's hard to be, it's hard to have her be sympathetic because you have the scene a few minutes ago on the rooftop where she's talking about lying about having a baby and it's like, she's not a good person. So, Brian, sure. you want to tell the listeners where they can find more of you. I'm a co-host of the Marine Corps Movie Minute podcast where we're breaking down the movies of the Marine Corps uh, or, or movies that feature Marines uh, one minute at a time. And our, our first jump into this is the movie Heartbreak Ridge with Clint Eastwood. But uh, we'd love if anybody wants to could find us and start from the beginning and catch up, and we'd appreciate it. And we're the Marine Corps Movie Minute Podcast. So it's not wrong when people make fun of the project, in this case, The Room. The Room Minute is a production of Lemming Drops Studio. You can find more content at lemmingdrops.com. Follow The Room Minute on all the obvious social media. If you've got any stupid comments after the show, you can leave them in your pocket on Facebook. If you like what you hear, throw us a rating and review on your podcatcher of choice. Thank you for listening, and remember, if a lot of people loved each other, the world would be a better place to live. It's over, Johnny. Leave us! It's over! Nothing is over! Nothing! You just don't turn it off!